Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of online video courses, including a wide range of photography topics and skills. For seven days of free, unlimited, in-depth courses, visit lynda.com slash twip. That's lynda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash twip. This week on the show, Twip gets a brand new website. Apple announces the iPhone 6, the 6 Plus, and the Apple Watch. Nikon announces the D750 and SB500. Canon reveals the 7D Mark II. And Panasonic updates the GH4 software with some killer new features. It's Monday, September 15th, 2014. And this is Twip. Welcome back to TWIP, a.k.a. This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. This is a pretty big week in the world of photography um, for several reasons, and you'll, you'll hear about a bunch of them on the show. But joining me to discuss a lot of this stuff are uh, Miss Darlene Hildebrandt and Mr. Jeffrey Totaro. Hey, guys. Hey, Frederick. Hey, Frederick. All right, before we jump into I want to hear what you guys have been up to, but you guys know this is kind of... Um, you know, there's the concept of birthdays, right? So this is Rebirth Day for This Week in Photo. So we just launched a new version of the site today. Actually, we launched it Friday at 3 a.m., but it, uh, you know, we started promoting it and telling the world about it today. So brand new look, brand new design, brand new sort of reimagining of This Week in Photo into from the idea of being one show, this one, to being multiple shows in the TWIP arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Don't get up. Don't get up. So, yeah, so we're excited, man. It's uh, The whole thing just shifted. Basically, we, in a nutshell, took TWIP from being sort of the hobby, you know, podcast that you do in your spare time to being more of a serious adult effort. And uh, you know, and all that 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 entails. So, does that mean we have to pretend to be adults here? No, <laughs> no, do not. I have to pretend to be adults. All right. <laughs> so cool. All right, guys, let's move on with this. So, Darlene, what have you been up to? Enough about me. What have you been doing? Uh, I've been trying to keep my hair from being on fire because I'm like crazy, stupid, busy. Uh -oh. uh, so I've been building a lighting course, which is uh, all about on-location lighting with none other than your Bruce Clark, who does some of your stuff for the production of TWIP. Yes, Bruce so, Clark is, is, the, is the man, the brains behind TWIP. The man behind the stuff that just happens, you know, the technical stuff. Yeah. So we've been building a lighting class for months now, and it just seems like it's been going on forever, but we're finally almost ready to put this thing out in the world. And, um, yeah, I've got uh, a page if people want to check it out. It's digitalphotomentor.com slash teaser. So it's got some behind the scenes, and um, we'll have our little uh, trailer there to give them a little little idea of what the course is going to be about. And there's a, there'll be a sign-up form that if they want to get early bird access. So we're talking, they get this thing like a month before anybody else, super discounted. So they can try it out, give us some feedback. Love it, love it. Yeah, well, uh, that, that where's the trailer hosted? Is it on YouTube right now? It's on YouTube, yeah, and I'll put it on the teaser page as well. So if they go there, they'll be able to see it all in one and uh, see us in action with the behind-the-scenes shots. And then uh, in November, well, I'll be on again in, in a few weeks, I think, but in November we head out to um, Nicaragua again. Mm -hmm. And we got four spots left, and I know how you like discounts for TWIP people, so I got, I a, special on it. <laughs> I got a special discount for TWIP listeners. So it's Nika, like Nicaragua, Nika 100 TWIP, and um, you can put that in the in the notes as well. We will do that. N I C A 100 TWIP. Right? Yeah. 
And they can check that out at digitalphotomentor.com slash Nicaragua. So they got to know how to spell Nicaragua. Excellent. You got to learn how to say it. You got to like roll the D. Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roll the D and get rid of the G or something like that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Always good to have you on. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I was going to call you Valerie, Darlene. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) You don't think you speak with my French accent? You don't have a French accent. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Jeffrey, what's going on in your world, man? Let me guess. Architecture. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on again, Frederick. And uh, yeah. Darlene, nice to be on with you, too. Uh, it's been a busy summer. The summer and, and fall are usually my busiest time of year. So I've been doing uh, typical interior and exterior shoots for architects. And I was out in uh, L.A. in July. Yeah, uh, doing a retail shoot out there, and then up to uh, Toronto for another uh, retail client. Hmm. Uh, so that's fun. Always, always fun to try and get into Toronto. You know, <laughs> they're not very trusting of us Americans coming into Toronto. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. Well, it's, it could be a little challenging. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, otherwise, been getting a bunch of emails recently because uh, just the posting just went up recently for the uh, workshop I do in in Palm Beach, Florida, in February. So coming up in 2015. Yeah. And uh, so I've been getting some interesting uh, emails from some people all around the world wanting to come. So that's always fun. That's cool. And um, the most exciting thing I did recently was an aerial shoot. It was my first aerial shoot and got to go up in this little tiny helicopter called an R-22. And uh, depending on who you talk to, it was either really safe or really not safe. Mm. Yeah, this uh, little <laughs> helicopter looks like a mosquito, right? It's pretty small, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're shoulder to shoulder with the pilot. you got to be careful not to... You know, knock him in the head with your elbow and you're turning to take the picture out the window. Oh, uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. So uh, it was a successful, safe flight, and I uh, look forward to doing more. So um, it was nice, uh, my first entree into that, so I'm looking forward to doing more of that. Excellent. Well, cool. So, well, welcome, yeah. welcome back to the show again. It's always good to have you on as well. Thank you. All right, guys, before we jump into the news this week and some stuff that happened last week as well, I want to thank our first sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's our good friends over at squarespace.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. And remember, the new Squarespace metric app for iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. And with the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts, and monitor comments on the go. You can start a free trial. You don't need a credit card. You can start building your website today. Then, when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just make sure to use the offer code TWIP, that's T-W-I-P, to get a full 10% off and to show your support for This Week in Photo. And we'd like to thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace is everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right, guys, let's jump into our first story, and that's about Apple and uh, this little product that they announced to the world. Somewhat unsuccessfully, I would argue. Their stream didn't work correctly uh, when they announced this, so a lot of people were, were upset about that. But when they finally got to the goods, it was the Apple iPhone 6, the 6 Plus, and this little thing called an Apple Watch. So some quick specs about the, the, the phone itself, the new iPhone 6. So 8-megapixel eyesight camera. On the on these guys, so these are common between the or these specs are common between the two cameras or two phones. So eight megapixel eyesight, true tone flash, so good skin tones, 1.5 mega or micron pixels, and a f 2.2 uh, maximum aperture. It shoots at 240 frames a second. The six has uh, as um, software image stabilization, and the six plus has optical stabilization built into it. I wonder if that's a first for a phone. Anyway, so looking at these, I'm wondering what you guys think, right? So thanks, Darlene, for putting that up there. What do you think? Is this uh, is this a must-have for photographers to get this for these for these updates to the phone or the camera, or is this a you know what I'm gonna wait for the seven type release? What do you think, Darlene? Well, I have the the five, and mm-hmm. mine is at the point where it's starting to do weird things like it reboots itself spontaneously mm. I'll be in the middle of texting something and it goes it goes and it's like gone and then I did that one day I did that one day and I was like oh I guess I guess it's done right and then it just rebooted yeah so I don't know um I was at the point where I was ready to jump ship and actually go Google Nexus phone 
Yeah. Uh, because I travel a lot, and changing the SIM card would make my life a lot easier, as opposed to getting a really expensive plan from my carrier. Right. But now, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm going to have to look at my options, because the pricing is not all that appealing, right? Like, I looked, at, I don't know if you guys looked at the pricing or not. I put it in the in the show notes. So if you go for, like, the deluxe version, which is that bigger 5.5-inch one, or whatever it is. Yeah. U.S. price... 949 for the biggest one with I think it was 128 megs of memory. 929. That's a laptop. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. you could buy a whole computer for that and this is a phone people, it's a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know if they're getting a little carried away. I know people that are already saying yeah, I'm going to get one and I know people that are saying they're going to get the watch too. Yeah. Um, people who are sort of, you know, let's say tech addicts, right? And they're like I gotta have it. I gotta have it. You know, but first, and I gotta have the glass. Yeah, I, I resemble that remark. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about you. I wasn't thinking about you. Uh, he knows who he is, and he lives in New Zealand, and he's not Trey. He's actually somebody else that lives oh. in New Zealand. Okay. He's equally techy. Maybe it's something about people who live in New Zealand. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm on. I'm on the fence. I'm. I'm kind of want to wait and see what comes out, or maybe I'm gonna wait for the six S. Because you know how they say there's always bugs in the first version. Right? right, yeah. And it seems like a fairly major upgrade. I'm not excited about, I mean, the camera. I use my camera on my phone, but I'm not doing art with it. I'm not an iPhone photographer. And yeah. I do take video, and I, but I put it on Facebook. You know, I'm not doing high-end stuff with it. So is it cool? Yes. Is it cool that it has an intervalometer and I can do time-lapse? Yes. But I'm not going to run out to get those things when my camera does that. Right, right. Yeah, so maybe it's not targeted at the pro photographers because we already have those superpowers to do that stuff with other hardware, but people that don't have it. And it's interesting what you say about the watch. I want to talk to both of you guys about that because the, the camera itself, yes, I understand. And your, what you say about being an early adopter, Darlene, is absolutely correct. You know, my the way that I position it is you don't want to be the settlers, you know, kind of taking the arrows. You want to come in after the settlers have kind of, have kind of done their business and then you kind of come in, you know, to put it in reality terms is this is a brand new phone, brand new hardware, brand new processor, brand new everything, and iOS 8 is coming. So brand new operating system, brand new software and brand new hardware together. Now, if you really have to get work done, you don't want to be the beta tester for the phone. So, which is why I wasn't one of the people that are like, okay, Apple Store is down. Crap, I got to get in line to buy my phone. You know, I will wait for those settlers to take the arrows and for them to work out the bugs in the software after millions of people try it. And then the next release, you know, in a couple of weeks or whatever, you know, the dot update to the software to iOS 8, I'll go grab that and maybe consider getting a phone. And then the other thing is with this phone, it's a different form factor. So why, I don't understand why people could, can buy it online immediately sight unseen you gotta it's, there's two different sizes now there's three sizes you can have so you got to do the goldilocks thing and sleep in each bed a little bit before you <laughs> before you choose jeffrey what about yeah. you are you uh you gonna jump right in and get one of these guys well i don't know if you can see this this is the uh the notice from ups that the case is arriving tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> nice. it just came yeah. out five minutes ago <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> So yes, then basically. So, and I'm, I have to say, I'm not. I'm almost never the one, the or the early adopter, the settler taking the arrows. I'm I'm just right with you, Frederick, most of the time. But yeah. I was like, eh, you know, because my phone, I have I have the original five, and yeah. it's been fine, and it's been caseless. I've I've used it naked the whole time, and it's got some nice wear and tear on it. Yeah, uh, it's worked fine. I think I broke the screen once. Um, but the thing that bugs me the most about it, and was the biggest reason for the the sort of more impulse buy upgrade is that my camera on this phone has two problems. One is it has that uh, well-documented purple flare. Oh, that, yeah. That sneaks in from, you know, the sunlight or just a light bulb just out of frame. And that happens more often than I'd like. I think it's fixed in the S. Um, I never really tried it. But mine also has um, an annoying thing for digital photographers. It has dust on the sensor. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I've got a big glob, which you think with such a, like, a tiny aperture lens you wouldn't see. But there's either it's on the sensor or it's jammed in the lens or something. And so every picture I take has a big glob of gunk on it. And, um, you know, it's kind of like buying a new Jaguar when the ashtray is full. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but I figured that could probably be fixed. But with the purple flare thing and some of the new camera features, um, 
I uh, and and I do like one thing. I, I used uh, the five four a lot that I would uh, anticipate using the the six four as well as the the panoramic feature. I like that a lot. Mm. I don't know what the exact spec is on the five, but I know that on the on the six it's going to be what forty three megapixel or right. forty yeah forty three megapixel uh, panoramic images, and that's that's pretty outstanding. I have made some prints from panoramas, and they're pretty they're pretty darn good. I even I had one published in a magazine, and it was you know looked great. That's amazing. Now, did you are you ordering the six or the six plus? Uh, I, I was. I'm not a big. Fan. I actually wish they still offered it in the original size. Uh, oh. and, and I kind of thought that it was sort of the original size, and the plus was bigger than the original. No. And I was a little, little disappointed to find out that the six is is bigger to begin with. Uh, so I ordered the just the plain old six. I, I'm not interested in having a, a giant, you know, phone book up to my head. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> I'm interested in that because that's one of the reasons why yeah. I was why I was even considering jumping over to Android before is because I want a larger phone. I want something yeah. that's bigger. Um, you can see images better on it. You can just be more productive on a larger phone. I was jealous. I don't want one of those giant, like, phablets, yeah. <laughs> you know. I just want a slightly larger phone that I could do uh -huh. more on. Now, Jeffrey, what about, before we go back to Darlene here, what about the uh, the watch? Are you going to... You gonna jump I in tell you, I, see, I'm, I'm also this like when, when before they announced the iPad, I'm like, what a stupid idea, you know? This thing yeah. is crazy, you know. It'll never like, sell. It'll never sell. It's just a big iPod. <laughs> Who needs something like that? Right. And of course, you know, that's that's that also well documented the success of the iPad. <laughs> I was thinking, well, you know, what's this watch gonna do? It's gonna be kind of silly, you know. So it's gonna tell you, you have a text message and you have to still pull your phone out to like read the text or something. <laughs> but I was actually really intrigued by it. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it when it becomes available. I will certainly go check it out and play with it. Um, yeah. I like the um, sort of the simple communication things that you can do with somebody else, like the tapping feet. I think that's yeah, just kind of cool. cool. It yep. becomes a little bit less about the technology and more about the communication. So yeah. I think that's I think that they put some cool features in like that. Uh, we'll see how it you know how well it really pairs and stays paired with the phone. Is it going to you know drop a lot? I right. think the form factor is a little clunky. Yeah. Um, it seems awfully thick, uh, yeah. and they have certainly not mentioned anything about battery life. Um, uh, yeah, but... that's that was my main concern. And you know what I would say in that thick thing? So remember, remember the first iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. You know, Apple always refines and innovates, and they put out their they put out their minimum viable product, which is generally better than most people's final product, but. They put out a minimal viable product, and then they iterate on it. So, well, battery life on the first version is not that great, and it doesn't have this, and there's no camera on it, all this stuff. And then the next version has that. The next version, you hear Johnny Ive talking about, it's only one millimeter thin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> made of aluminium. Yeah, it's made of, it's made of transparent aluminium. <laughs> so, Darlene, what about you? Are you going you gonna to jump into the phone or to the, to the watch? No, that's not my thing. <laughs> that's no, my thing come on. Oh, that's a, I don't know. It looks like a guy thing to me. Like it's not very girly. First of all, there's, guys, there's a big one and a little one. <laughs> no, not my thing. Wasn't interested in it. I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Next. Uh, yeah. but the one thing that hasn't been mentioned though is this iPay thing. Did you yes. see? Yes. Payments. So you put this stuff on your phone and then you pay with. I don't know. Does that that freaks me out a little? Like, yeah. it's a little too much. Like, yesterday, I filled up my car with gas, and they have this thing now. I don't know if you guys have this in the States yet, but we have this thing on our Visa and our, our debit cards now where it's tap to pay. Yeah, that's coming. Right. We're, we're behind. We don't have it yet, but it's coming. You tap it on the thing. Well, we have we have chip cards too, right? You guys yeah. get with the program yeah. here. No. Um, we tap it. So, literally, my gas was like 50-some dollars. Tapped it. There's no signature. There's no pin. There's no nothing. It's just boom. This is charging your visa. Mm -hmm. So if somebody stole your card, they could just go tapping all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, I suppose you would report it right away. But yeah. that, that concerns me that you know you can pay with your phone, and then your information is in the cloud, right? I mean, like what's it's, that the cool thing about the the Apple thing? I think is yes. You can do that, but someone could steal your credit card too, your regular credit card, and yeah. use it for until you can cancel it. But yeah. I think the Apple solution for iPay is is cool because it uses the the fingerprint recognition to right. to do that two factor authentication. So you know you have the phone that's one, so it's present, and then when you tap it, you have to actually use your fingerprint to unlock so, it and actually so they have execute to the purchase. Steal your phone and chop off your thumb. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, and I don't know if there's like body temperature things in that sensor. So, do, like, will a dead thumb work as well? As a li- I don't know. That's a good question. Well, <laughs> do they have to go through all that to dismember you to get some unknown quantity of money out of your account? Then maybe they deserve the thumb. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I've had false charges show up on my visa without my visa card go missing. So where did that come from? You know, yeah. and somebody Target. bought something on some online store and. Whether you know, I, I scanned my card somewhere and, and then they took the information, well, but what's, what's a whole about the, that's a whole different yeah. issue. We had that we we have security breaches all the time. Like the last one was one of the last ones with was Target was a yeah. big retailer here in the U.S. I don't know if Target's in Canada or not. We got, we are getting them up here now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when Target lost all that data, I was one of them, and I saw mm-hmm. charges on my account that I had to call up Chase and say. Yo, oh, yeah. I don't live in in Maine, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm not buying baby clothes, you know. And Chase was gracious; they reversed the charges really quickly and all that. But you know, if you use your card, then that's going to happen. The cool thing about this iPay thing is you're not showing any, you know, numbers. But yeah, on the no other hand, the you're still getting the data, right? It's still going into a database, so. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, though, the the data staying with like Apple still have like they do now. They have the credit card, uh, but I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But the phone doesn't store the the credit card information, yeah. and the retailers don't store the credit card information. It's all through unique codes for each individual transaction. So it's actually way more secure, especially right. with the fingerprint authentication. And then the from what I understand, the the Apple Watch is going to be you're going to be able to pay with that. Yeah. And once like say you're out shopping for the day, the first time you 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 have to pair the the uh, watch with the phone uh, in order to authenticate it. And then as long as the watch stays physically attached to your wrist uh, through the, the biometric sensors, then you can continue to just pay without having to touch that's the phone. Brilliant. Yeah, and I want to try you take that. it off, then it loses the connection. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. I think that that's one thing that intrigued me too about getting into the iPhone 6 was the, yeah. the Apple Pay and just a little more secure and just quicker, easier, you know, magnetic stripe. Yeah, well, what about right. the thing about, like, I mean, you mentioned in the show notes that the, the photo, the naked photo that was in the cloud that just got out there, right? right. So the yeah. stuff that's in the cloud, how secure is that? In the that's a whole different cloud? issue, yeah. So, the, I mean, you can, like, with the with the, the iPhone 6 and iOS 8 and iPay and all that, you can build an awesome, secure front door, you know, that which is basically what Apple's doing. So, you know, which is... I would argue infinitely more secure than having a piece of plastic in your wallet with the three number code on the back. That's your security. But you have this biometric layer of security. But like you're saying, Darlene, and, and to, to put a finer point on it, your data is going into a database somewhere. Once it's out and it's in that data, it's once it's target land again, right? <laughs> People mm-hmm. can shift can can sift and shop through the data and do whatever they want with it. So, well, you know, maybe that's a whole always problem. need. Once you introduce this technology, maybe you will always need some sort of two-factor authentication. So whether they have the number, the credit card number or not, maybe you still need some other, you know, five, ten years down the road, you still need some other second-factor authentication to even use the card, which is already being built in. Like maybe they have to text you a code that you then have to give to the merchant or something. Yeah, for certain purchases over five hundred bucks or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, if it's if it's like big, yeah, big ticket items. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's possible. All right, so yeah, let's let's uh, end this week in personal finance and move on with this week, yeah. <laughs> this week in photo. So the second story I want to chat about with you guys is from Nikon. So finally, some stuff out of Nikon, and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. over you know gloss over this. So Nikon announced um, ahead of Photokina some interesting new hardware, including a new lens, a new hybrid flash, and a new full frame DSLR. For $2,296 is the pre-order price. So some highlights of the of the cameras, the D750. Uh, it's got an X-Speed 4 image processing engine, a 24.3 megapixel FX format CMOS sensor. It's a mouthful. Um, they've got full HD video at 1920 by 1080 um, with a resolution or, or a frame rate of 6030 or 24p with full manual control. It's got zebra stripes, which the video people will love, so you can spot those overexposed areas. It's got dual SD memory slots. It's got a 3.2-inch tilting very angle LCD, so a tilting screen on this thing. Um, it's the first full-frame DSLR with built-in Wi-Fi from Nikon, and it's got the optional UT1 communications unit, which allows remote operation of the camera via a web browser. So, <laughs> so 
I think this is cool. You know, we're seeing some steps forward from our friends over at Nikon. Darlene, looking at this, I have, I'm going to give you guys my opinion after this, after I hear from you. I, want, I don't want to taint, I don't want to uh, lead the witness at all. What do you think? Did Nikon hit it out of the park with this? Uh, well, you're talking to two Canon people here. So, I mean, you're asking. Well, okay, you know. so, okay, swap the Nikon and put a Canon. If Canon had released <laughs> the same exact camera, would you be excited? I'm not jumping off to buy it, no. Like, I'm not going to go buy it just for Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. Um, do I wish I had my 5D Mark III had Wi-Fi? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, you know, like some of the lower models having it. But um, I did a survey on Facebook today. So I posted a thing saying, you know, all this new stuff came out, you know, the phone, the Nikon stuff, the Canon stuff. And I said, who's buying what? And yeah. it was all over the map. You know, some people are jumping. I know at least two people have already pre-ordered the D750. So there you go. Um, and other people are saying um, the the 70s on their wish list, which I know is the next story and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then other people are saying, you know, no, I'm not I'm not jumping ship. I can't afford it. It's a chunk of money, you know. Whether I mean, yeah. it's decent price for full frame. It's in that same ballpark price as the Canon 6D, mm -hmm. right? So I it I guess in the Canon lineup, which I'm not super familiar with, it fills a gap, right? right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what the marketing department in Nikon is probably thinking. And just think, twenty-two was it twenty-two hundred dollars? That's two iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> right. Two Good iPhones stereo. for that. It's amazing. I don't know, Jeffrey. Did just did uh, just did this release get you excited? Well, I, uh, well, one thing I'm always I, I always have to sort of backtrack, and I I still can't remember any of the, the the sort of nomenclature and where these fall in their line. It just confuses the hell out of me on both right. sides. Yeah, <laughs> so I agree. it's a 750, and it's a this, and it's that. Um, I did watch the little video that was in the show notes, and it does seem like it's a really uh, you know robust, has a, a ton of features in it. Uh, the articulating LCD, which you know hasn't really made it to sort of the quasi professional cameras, yeah. uh, at least to my knowledge. So I think that seems like a great feature, and when combined with the flash, um, I'm not much of a video shooter, but it seems to just make sense if you're going to have a flash on your camera and the camera shoots video that, hey, maybe we should just put a, a light on there for video. And so they, they, they did that, which seems to make sense. Right. Um, and, yeah, in terms of, you know, all these different, the, the competition for mirrorless, and they seem to be packing a lot more features into their, their lesser um, lesser priced cameras. Uh, but So I'm not really sure on both fronts, the Nikon and the Canon side, um, where that leaves their top tier cameras when they keep putting you know more and more features and and things into their sort of lower price cameras. Um, yeah, I was curious what um, uh, just pardon my lack of knowledge, but where what's the top of the line uh, Nikon camera cost compared to this one? Oh geez, I think I'm not a Nikon. Well, I'm a Nikon shooter, but I don't have the top of the line anymore. But I think I'll, it, I'll research while you guys talk. I'm I'm going on the website. Um, okay. Yeah, well, I guess I'm believing it's going to be around. Uh, Five thousand, six thousand, yeah, something like that. So it just seems like they're they're they are fun, you know, finally packing a lot more features in. So I wonder if they're just gonna eventually just get rid of their their top cameras and see what, uh, and just to sort of minimize the line. It just seems like like the my comment about the nomenclature. There's so many models. It seems uh, that maybe they're just trying to simplify everything, and they really don't need all these different ones. Maybe they just need like three camera bodies, you know, full full frame and maybe two crop sensor cameras. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Darlene. Uh, so you you gave me your thoughts. Let me give you my thoughts on this. So my thing is, I was looking at these specs, and I'm like, it looks not that you know. I'm not like saying everyone should be moving over to mirrorless, but it looks like the mirrorless folks, like Panasonic, Olympus, Sony, they're leading with all these innovations in their cameras. Like 4K was the latest big thing that came out, you know. So when I see these next cameras, especially ones that have these quasi pro features like zebra stripes. That's a pro feature. 24p. That's a pro. Those are pro specs. Pros are asking for 4K now. You know, so it's like I'm wondering what the deal is with that. You get Wi-Fi. That's a feature. That's like saying, okay, the rest of the industry is Wi-Fi. My little GM1 has Wi-Fi in it. You know, all my little Sony cameras have Wi-Fi built into them and I have for years. And now it's a bullet on Nikon's release list for the 750. I'm like. You guys should. I would have just put that in there and not said anything about it. Just like, yeah. you know, just like, let oh, wait, it sail on by. Don't don't make yeah. a big deal out of the fact that we now have power windows in our cars <laughs> yeah. in 2015. Yeah, you know, 2014. 
So, I don't know. I, I think it's a good step forward, and I'm happy that they're doing stuff, but I'm also concerned that, you know, th there's not a whole lot of weight in there. And again, I preface this is all, you know, said with a grain of salt, because I haven't held the camera in my hand, obviously. I'm just looking at bullets in the show notes. But looking at these bullets and comparing them to other bulleted lists, it's, uh, it's a little disappointing. I don't know. Am I off base, Darlene? Well, I just looked at the top Nikon in terms of price point as a D4S um, listed on Adorama and B&H is 6500 bucks. Mm. So, I mean, that's like triple and then some what this one is, right? Yeah. So right. is it worth triple the money? Right. I, I mean, I know you're talking about, okay, these guys are coming out with features that have some amateur features or some, the, you know, and some pro features, and they're trying to fit in the middle here, but I think personally, I think that the mirrorless has taken a big chunk out of both of these guys' markets yeah. because, to my opinion, anyways, Canon or Nikon, neither of them has a decent mirrorless camera yet. No, they don't. Right. They, they have something, but they, they are not there yet. You yeah. know, like I'm looking at, you know, Olympus OMD or I'm looking at Fuji X-T1 or any of those things, um, any of the Sony lines, you know, full-frame Sony, for heaven's sakes, right? Yeah. yeah. We're competing with those that, and people are going smaller. People are downsizing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I did an article on my website the other day on Ansel Adams and, and you know, what you can learn from Ansel and posted a video, which people thought was really interesting because they showed him actually in the dark room and they filmed him in the dark room. This is like an interview from the 50s. He was like actually live and watching him with the, with the 8x10 camera and the big, you know, negatives and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's totally foreign for people doing digital, right? Yeah. And they feel like 35 mil is big, right? So these right. mirrorless cameras are really appealing to the masses and that's where the money is. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. And you got to look at these... I would be scared if I was one of these larger camera companies because you've got, on the one hand, you've got these mirrorless companies that are nimble and, you know, like Sony on the one hand. is Sony, Sony's going through some financial things, which is motivation to innovate, right? So they're innovating and doing all this cool stuff so that they can stay relevant, and they are. I mean, they're leading, right, in a lot of spaces, especially full-frame mirrorless. And you got Panasonic and a bunch of releases that they did, and then... Olympus and then Fuji, you know, so there's these giant armies massing around these these dinosaurs in the middle, you know, and I say that with a grain of salt, the dinosaurs, but, you know, the dinosaurs in the middle with these guys massing and then with a giant sort of, let's call it a drone coming in, is Apple with these iPhones with, with image stabilization and 240 frames a second that do photo, you know, photographs that are good enough for millions of people. So then, mm -hmm. like, I would be at the party if I was Nikon or Canon, like, okay, everybody's pairing up. There's nobody left for me. <laughs> you know, should yeah. I just go home or, you know, should I go home and watch Netflix? What's the deal? I don't know. Well, I know one thing for me is, um, and I'm, I'm really, I, I was just about to rent it the other day from Borrow Lenses, but um, I just, I didn't think I'd have time to use it. But uh, I'm really thinking about getting this, the Sony a7, the, probably the R. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the funny thing is, it would replace my. It could replace my my Leica M9 and my my Canon 5D Mark II. It could. It could. And I could yeah. keep all the lenses. So yeah. it's funny that that you could you can consolidate lenses that are vastly different from each other and use them on one one camera body. Yeah. Uh, for whatever purpose you you might need, and that's really intriguing. And and it's you know because it's it's probably the A7 is probably a better camera in some senses than both of those bodies. Right. I mean, I love the Leica. I never really loved the Canon, but I love the Leica. Um, but it's so it's like hard to say like this, this little Sony's better, but it, it's more megapixels. It's got some of the nice features. It's also small. It's uh, yeah. Well, the better better kind of is stuff, subjective, so. right? Better yeah, is subjective. You're you're gonna have to as you know use it in your day to day life to see which one fits you yeah. better. Yeah, you that's know? why I wanted to rent it. I'm, I'll do that eventually. Yeah. What if there's sort of this this separation happening so that you got your your prosumers down here that are going entry level like point and shoots. Point and shoots are almost becoming obsolete because the phones are so great, right? So the point and shoots are going out the window. So now they're either going phone or they're going mirrorless. And then the next step up from there is like full frame or and the real pros are going uh, medium format, you know, or right. bigger, right? They're going mm -hmm. phase one or Hasselblad with a digital back or whatever. So maybe these these full frame SLRs are kind of like the dodo. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might be the case, but you know, there's some full frame people out there that will argue that and get upset at you for saying that, you know. <laughs> so 
I, you know, I don't know. You know, again, like I was telling Jeffrey, it's 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 subjective. The whole thing is subjective. Depends on what you're shooting. You're shooting birds. You're shooting weddings. You're shooting portraits. You're shooting models. You're shooting macro. There's a camera for everybody these days. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and there's no well, one right answer. Right? Let them get upset. They could tweet me. <laughs> yes. yes. That's what yes. Twitter. Or go to your website. <laughs> What's your website, darling? Again. Thisweekinphoto.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this weekend photo. All right, uh, so let's talk about Canon. So Canon released the 7D Mark II. This has been a camera that's been around, going around the rumor mill for some time. And Monday, today, as we record this, they revealed the successor to the 7D, and that's the Mark II. It's a new camera, packs a ton of features for only 1799 bucks or 1800 bucks. So, And they've released three new lenses as well. So here are the top-line specs from this new camera. APS-C size, 20.2 megapixel CMOS sensor, dual-digit six uh, processors, 10 frames per second, 65-point cross-type phase detection autofocus system, custom AF or custom movie AF server to maintain autofocus while shooting. Awesome. Um, it will record uncompressed video via HDMI, dual SD card slots, and it's dust and weather resistant, though we're not sure if it's weather sealed or not. But again, I'm going to say same thing I said about the Nikon. Like, mm-hmm. okay, is this, is, I mean, compared to the onslaught of these other manufacturers coming on, are these specs good enough? You guys are Canon shooters. <laughs> Does this get you excited? Come on, Jeffrey, are you excited? Well, I would say, uh, and I don't really shoot any of these things, but if you're a sports action wildlife photographer, this camera's great because it's a APS-C sensor, you know, crop sensor, yeah. uh, which yeah, effects effectively makes your long long lenses even longer, and it can shoot 10 frames per second, which is which is pretty fast, especially for a camera that costs uh, $1,800. So right, right. I think it's really it's definitely geared toward sort of that sort of market, with, whether it be a prosumer or even a professional. Uh, I think the camera seems very capable in that regard, and it seems like a definitely a dedicated, purpose-built camera for that for that kind of thing. Uh, so, in other words, it's not full frame, so it's not going to be great for wide angle, but it will probably be you know, very great for for shooting um, shooting even just you know your your son or daughter's sporting event, or if you're a professional wildlife photographer, it'd be a great first body or even second body. Uh, and so, but again, it's like the same same argument back and forth, you know, with the with the mirrorless cameras versus the full frame. Yeah, uh, or even the, these crop sensor cameras. So, uh, I think we're just in a in a in a, a mode of uh, the Canon like are just they're trying to spit some cameras out to try and fill some gaps and do some things. And uh, I think it is pretty much a sinking ship with the, the sort of DSLR. Uh, and I think that there's no reason not to go mirrorless. They just have to develop them and, and just get get moving in that direction. And they yeah, can still offer do that. cameras That's with all the same specs and features, but they would just be a lot smaller, yep. uh, a little more functional. The le- As I've said many times before on the show, the, the, in theory, the lenses can be designed much better on a mirrorless camera than they can on an SLR yeah. uh, in terms of distortion and, and weight and size and everything. So um, I, I'm looking forward to see what, seeing what they can come up with. So I, I just feel like these are all a little bit of stopgap measures, but it seems like a solid camera if you need something to, to fill that gap for the next few years. I hope that's true. Darlene, I want you to comment on this this question um, that Bruce put in the show notes here. But, Jeffrey, to, to piggyback on what you said, I'm hoping that this is a stopgap measure, right? I'm hoping there is a, a super secret room at both Nikon and Canon where they have this whole awesome array of next-generation cameras that are just waiting to hit the market, and the marketing team has an awesome grid of when these things are going to hit, and they're just going to drop these cameras out and destroy the market and leave, you know, Panasonic and Sony and Olympus scratching their heads, you know. So, but history says (laughs) that's probably not the case and that, you know, they're making it up as they go along. I hope this is not the case and they just like, you know, hey, this was in the pipeline five years ago, so these are the cameras that we're building for 2015, regardless of what the market says they want. Darling, so question number two here, Bruce has, given that they are losing market share to the mirrorless system, is Canon willing to cannibalize sales of their higher-end 5D Mark III and 1DX bodies in order to get more people shooting with their bodies and buying their lenses? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, tough to say. The, the other thing that happened recently is, uh, we have, I don't know if you talked about it on a previous show, is that Canon lowered the price on a bunch of their L-series lenses by a few mm-hmm. hundred bucks, right? Like the 70 to 200, 28, and so on. Yeah. Um, and there was some talk when that happened that, do you think this is 
um, you know, them trying to compete with mirrorless or is there a new generation of those lenses coming or, you know, whenever they do something like that, it's like always, okay, what are they doing, right? We get suspicious. Well, is there something coming, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I know people that are already ordering the 7D for exactly those purposes, for sports and action stuff, right? And it's perfect for those people, right? But I would question, you know, the weather ceiling. It's not clear on the specs and maybe they'll get clear on that. The thing that I was really impressed with, though, was a 65 cross-point focus. Mm -hmm. Seriously, all of them cross-points. That's a lot, right? That's going to be fast focus. Yeah. I don't think mirrorless can compete with that, right? right. So, and, and I think that's where maybe that's the direction that these SLR manufacturers are going to go and say, okay, look, we know the limitations of mirrorless, and unless let's they can fix it. those... Yeah, let's exploit that and... and really push those buttons with the SLR and say, this is how different it is. You know, if you want to do, like for travel photography, like for going on my trips and stuff, mm -hmm. I don't need, you know, 10 frames a second and I don't need, you know, like the, the stuff that I'm shooting isn't moving real fast. I can I can deal with a slower, you know, shutter time and maybe a little bit of lag or not quite as fast focusing. But if you're shooting sports or even weddings for that matter, mm -hmm. it is an issue. Right, so I could see wedding shooters having this as a second body, you know. And Jeffrey brought up a good point. You've got the crop sensor for your long end of lenses, mm -hmm. and your full frame for your wide end, and you got it covered. Yeah, right? or you have your assistant that takes the 7D, and you take your 5D3, and that way, away you go, and you cover your wedding. I yeah. can see that it's got appeal. The thing that I was a little surprised about was the price point. Um, Initially, when it first came out this morning, people were talking that it was going to be twenty eight hundred bucks mm -hmm. was the first rumor, and then it came out as seventeen ninety nine, yeah. um, which is still it's reasonable, but it's not full frame, and it's it's close to the price of the six D, right. right? So for yeah. a little bit more, you get a six D or two iPhones, yeah, yeah, or two iPhones. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough call. Like yeah. what I was more interested in was um, some of these lenses. Right, like this 28 pancake lens, yeah. 2.8, 24 mil, 2.8, 149 bucks. Yeah. Like how, you know, I'll pick one of those up. That's a stocking stuffer right there. Yeah. yeah. I'll grab one of those before I go anywhere. And like Jeffrey said, you can put that on any other camera you want. So I could pick up the Fuji X-T1, get a, you know, mount for that, and now i got the pancake lens on there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. What you were saying about the focusing on on DSLRs versus mirrorless is, I think that's valid. And and again, I hope that sounds valid that they might be using that as a crack in the armor to kind of exploit and see if they can't use that as a way to differentiate and and stave off the onslaught. But at the same time, you know, with all of the mirrorless cameras that I've shoot with, I've shot with Sony's, the Panasonic is my primary camera right now, and the Olympus. I have Olympus OMD. My old OMD EM5, that thing focuses fast, faster than I can think, right? So, uh, you know, faster focus. But again, I'm not shooting sports. I'm not shooting action. I'm not shooting, you know, uh, birds or anything crazy like that. But still, for the generalist photographer that's shooting, you know, landscapes, people, kids, whatever... It's fine. I mean, it's more than fine. And my, my GH4, I, I think it focuses before I can even say that I want it to focus. It's like gone. These things are just blazingly fast. That's the next generation. It, yeah. it reads your mind. And Predictive it thought focus. It focuses where you look. Isn't that Google Glass, though? <laughs> yeah, that is Google Glass. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. See, that we got to talk about that on the show. Like, what's the state of glass? Right. Um, all right, guys, let's let's move on with the show. Uh, this next thing. So Panasonic also at Photokina today announced the, a couple of new announcements. So they announced new firmware for that GH4 that does it. We, we're not going to go into all of this. We'll put it on the website. But uh, new firmware for the GH4 that enables a lot of things that people have been asking for, like new frame rates on video. Um, they've got a new photo video mode to allow you to, to take still images from video much easier and a bunch of other enhancements in there, which we'll list out. They announced a brand new camera, the GM5, which is that little guy, and it now has a viewfinder on it, but plus a bunch of other enhancements and a matching 14-millimeter f2.5 lens for that little camera and a brand new camera, an all-in-one camera, the LX100. So we'll list all those and put the photos of them in the blog post on the brand new thisweekinphoto.com. 
All right, guys, before we continue, uh, I want you guys to check out the latest episode of one of our shows on the TWIP Network, and that's all about the gear, hosted by our friend, Mr. Doug K. You can find that at thisweekinphoto.com slash gear. There are, geez, I want to say 23, 24, 25 camera reviews up there right now. So chances are the camera that you own Doug and I have sat down and talked about it and figured out what is good, bad, ugly about it, and given it a rating. So go check it out. All right, guys, time for some listener Q&A. This is where we answer a question that has been at the top of some of our listeners' minds, or one of our listeners in this case. This is a question that's going to Darlene because she said she wanted to answer this one. <laughs> so off-camera flash problems is the topic here. Says I go out and do some portraits. Oh, I go out and do some portraits with remote flash, and it works for about 20 minutes. Then the flash stops firing. I'm on an Olympus OMD EM5. That's the, one of the cameras I have. Um, he's got Pocket Wizard Plus X triggers and Yunguno or Youngno Youngno YN560 Speedlight Flash. So it sounds like Korean Speedlight or Chinese. And he, sa he says the only real step I've taken, and I'm not sure if it's a good one or not, is pressing the test button on the trigger that's on the camera, and it fires the flash just fine when the camera won't do it. What are the best steps I can do to find the weakest link? Wow. <laughs> right. Darlene, yeah. you want to take a crack at it, or do you want to you want to you want to pass? I'll take a crack at it. I mean, there's uh, what I do in my in my classes is we we troubleshoot stuff and um, check the the weakest link or the lowest common denominator first, right? And that's obviously going to be the batteries in the remote that's on the flash. Yeah. Um, check the batteries in the flash um, because perhaps you know pressing the button on the trigger is enough to fire it, but the camera's signal isn't. Um, something else that could potentially be a problem is maybe the flash is actually overheating. Um, I know I've actually looked at getting some of those flashes. I've got remotes. I've got young now, young now or however you say it. Mm -hmm. um, I've got the remotes, and some of the reviews on their flash units say that they tend to overheat. Because the other piece is we don't know what they're shooting at. You know, are they using TTL here? Are they shooting right. at F16 and firing at full power every time? You're gonna burn out your, you know, you're gonna burn out your flash, yeah. right? So yeah. check the temperature because that's something that's been documented about that particular brand. Right. So I would check batteries first, um, temperature of the flash second, um, and if it's happening every time, there's got to be something that they potentially are doing that's causing that, right? So uh, the next thing I would look at is, are you shooting at a really small aperture and trying to blast out full power flash? Right? Yeah. And like oh, you said, the kid, most of these flashes, if not all of them, they have a idiot-proof mode where if you're going to burn it out, it will just stop down. working to let it, let it cool itself yeah. down. Right? Well, and the other thing that I thought of too is, you know, because it's the OMD, what if they've got slow memory cards and it physically just is the camera's buffering or something right. as simple as that, right? Right. Right, right. So Which would have nothing to do with the camera itself. It would be just you buying faster memory cards to put. Right, in. right. Or just stop shooting in burst mode so fast. Right. right. Yeah, I wonder. I would say to this listener to give us more information. Post it in the comments on this episode of this week in photo, and we'll see if we can't dive in a little deeper. Jeffrey, you have anything to add to that? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, the one thing that I was uh, uh, wondering about is if the uh, if he's able to fire it uh, from the test button from the remote that's sitting on the hot shoe. Uh, that tells me that the flash is working and that the remotes are working, but there might be something amiss with the uh, connection from the remote to, I assume he's got it connected to the hot shoe. Yeah. Uh, so there might be something going wrong there. Um, I don't know. Uh, certainly the, the overheating that Darlene was talking about could definitely be the factor. And the best way to test that would be just put the flash down for 10 minutes and then see if, it, if you pick it up again and it is working. Yeah. Then maybe it is an overheat problem. But initially the way he described it in the note, it, it sounds more like a connection problem, and the 20-minute variable or, or uh, criteria might just be like a red herring. and It might just might be like just coincidence that it happened a few times that way. Sure. Uh, so it's uh, there's definitely a lot of potential variables, so that's uh, that's part of yeah. the fun of yeah, Darlene, Flash. Darlene put in the notes that this was a tough question to answer. Yeah, and you're absolutely right because yeah. there's a lot of variables that, you know, it's there are like a million different answers to this particular question. So yeah. if listener, if you are uh, listening... Post your additional information in the posts or in the comments for this episode, and we'll dive in a little deeper. All right, guys. Um, before we go into our picks of the week, I want to thank another sponsor for this episode of TWIP, and that's our good friends over at lynda.com. Lynda.com helps you learn and 
keep up to date with your software. You can pick up brand new skills. You can explore new hobbies. And all of this is using their, you can do this using their easy to follow video tutorials. Whether you want to learn how to use Photoshop or improve your photography skills or manage your photos in Lightroom, lynda.com offers thousands of courses on a variety of topics. Like I said, you can learn software. I mean, and this can be in the creative genre. You can learn business skills, photography techniques, web design. You've got over 2,400 courses and they're adding new courses every week. Lynda.com works directly with software companies to provide timely training, often on the same day that the new software versions are released. So you pick up some new software, you head over to lynda.com and learn how to use it and get up to speed with it the same day. And they offer courses for all levels, and they're adding new courses all the time. These courses are taught by industry experts. These are folks that know what they do, they're doing, plus they're folks that have been training photography and software for years and years, so they know how to get an idea out of their head into your head. Their instructors are, like I said, accomplished professionals. Many of them are at the top of their fields and they're passionate about teaching and training. Now, Linda's productions and their, their courses are high quality video productions. They shoot them in studio, you know, like there's live action that's shot in studio and high quality screen capture for the, the demonstration pieces. These aren't just, you know, any video that any old person can record. These these are productions. These are high quality productions. And they're convenient. You can take the courses anytime you want from your computer, tablet, or mobile device. And then each course is structured so that you can learn from start to finish or just jump in the middle somewhere to find a quick answer to some problem that's been bugging you. And the courses are broken into bite sized pieces. So if you got 15 minutes to spare or 15 hours, you can learn at your own pace on your own terms. And one low price of 25 bucks gives you unlimited access to the entire library. So we've worked out a deal with lynda.com so that uh, you can get a special offer to access the entire library for free, this is for TWIP listeners, for seven days. So just visit lynda.com slash TWIP to try lynda.com free for seven days. Once again, that's lynda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TWIP to try it out for seven days. And I'll tell you, I'm using that seven-day trial right now to uh, get up to speed on Adobe Audition. So, you know, of course, I'm a member of the Adobe Creative Cloud, so I have access to all of Adobe software, and we're doing some pretty interesting things on in the TWIP universe, kind of stepping things up or stepping our game up a little bit. And I found myself needing to learn how to use Adobe Audition, which is their audio editing software. Well, when I first launched it, I was like, oh, oh boy, here we go. You know, so my first step was YouTube, and I jumped around and found some tutorials on YouTube, but then I went to Linda and boom, there it is, an entire course laid out for everything I need to know about Adobe Audition and I'm getting up to speed very quickly. So once again, try them out, get access to everything they have in their library for free, over 2,400 courses and just, uh, just head over to lynda.com slash twip and everything will just work from there. And we thank Linda for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. Remember, guys, this can be anything. You can re you can recommend anything you want to the TWIP audience as long, as long as it relates somehow to photography. Darlene, what's your pick of the week? I have a feeling it's going to be something good. What is it? <laughs> well, I, I just got noticed that um, my Kickstarter, I'll put it on the screen here, my Kickstarter project for uh, Peak Designs, Clutch and Slide, it has been shipped, so it's on its way to me. This is the thing I ordered. So I, I know a lot of people have ordered this thing. Um, they were looking for $50,000 pledge. They got $861,000. So it's <laughs> a combination of um, a strap that attaches to the bottom, similar to the Black Rapid, yep. but it also attaches to the side more like a hand strap. So I've never been a fan of the of the, the hand straps by themselves, partly because, you know, I travel and it's too easy to do grab and run with those. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm extremely interested in the slide part for some of its features. So I'm excited to get mine in the mail and give it a go. Wow. That's that you know, you you had me at they asked for fifty and they got eight hundred and sixty. <laughs> 
That's insane. That's... Just take the money and run. I mean, just say, you know, forget about it. Like, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have a friend who's already got his. He's in California. And, um, you might even know him. He's Craig uh, Coven. He's down. Yes. Um, I know Craig. Craig's he, been on TWIP. He's yeah. in LA right now, and he took his with him. So ask him how he likes it when he gets back. I will. We'll have to have him on the show to brag yeah. about it. Very cool. Awesome. Good pick of the week. Thank you. And Jeffrey, what is your pick of the week? Mine is photo-related if you consider that I run a photography business. And that oh, wow. to do that, you need lots of little bits of software. Yes. So even though not directly photo-related, uh, I recently transitioned over to uh, using a product called Daylight, which mm -hmm. is basically a calendar and email and contact management uh, uh, software package. And the simple way to think of it is if you use a lot of Apple's products like Apple Mail and Apple Address Book and Apple Calendar, iCal, uh, all three of which don't really talk to each other, Daylight makes them all talk to each other. Oh. So if you have a client, uh, so you have a client that you have, have in your contacts and they call you up and say, we have a new, new shoot to do, you say, okay, let me make a new, they call it an opportunity, just call it a project. So you open that new opportunity, you link the client to it, then you can link all emails from that client with that subject to that email. And then when you schedule the shoot, it's also connected to the calendar, uh, calendar entry. So it's good for, for that. So if you have a lot of uh, clients to work with often, uh, it's good in that regard as well. But if you have a client maybe you work with once a year, uh, you can also just very quickly see your last email transaction you have with them to understand, you know, what, what was the last thing you talked about. Maybe they mentioned where their kid went to, went on, or where they went on vacation. You want to follow up with them about that. So you can keep extensive notes. You can also have other people working on it, adding to the database uh, remotely, which is also really nice. So I'm, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So it's, uh, I keep learning more about it. Um, it seems to be its own little cultish thing, but <laughs> it sounds but, like it's uh, a it's a piece of software that connects the dots, right? It really does, yeah, yeah. I've, and it works on the iOS really well, on the iPad, the iPhone, uh, everything. It, it has to run off of a, re a remote server. I just have a, a I use a company called Mac Mini Colo, so I bought a little Mac Mini. It's sitting in a rack in in Las Vegas somewhere. <laughs> wow. Um, at, Probably 55 degrees, so it's uh, it's running smoothly, <laughs> um, but it's um it's been really great. It's just I, I feel much more on top of of contacts and things like that. Uh, so very yeah. cool. Yeah, and that's called it's from a company called Market Circle, and mm -hmm. the product is called Daylight. So MarketCircle.com/slash/daylight. Exactly. Yeah. D a y l l i t e. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh -huh. Anything else you want to throw in there? Sure. Um, this is something. Uh, it's sort of something I've been coveting for about a year <laughs> uh -oh. since I discovered it at uh, at the photo expo last year. I may have mentioned it. Thou shall not covet. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, uh, when I first got into digital photography, and you have to have this computer somewhere. I always I, I bought this this very nice uh, cart. To, it's a shelf cart that you can put uh, the computer on and keep the camera stuff on. Well, I found the the sort of you know Uber version of that. Uh, this, this company called uh, Innovative makes uh, equipment carts for mostly for the film industry, but obviously photographers use them as well. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're nice because they're height adjustable. They have t two primary shelves. Uh, so the height adjustable, they fold down. They have a disc brake on them. So if you're, you know, outdoors or something or just on a slight slope, you can just lock the disc brake in place. Um, and they have, what I really like there, they have uh, C-stand clamps that you can, as an accessory that you can attach to the cart. So you can just quickly clamp a few C-stands onto the cart. So if you have a couple, like I have now these two uh, Profoto B1 um, battery-powered strobe heads, uh, now you can just leave them on the stands. You could clamp them right to the cart and move on to your next shot without having to break the lights down and pack everything up again. Nice. So uh, they're rather pr they're th I think the one I was looking to like three thousand or thirty five hundred bucks or something. So it's ridiculous. That's why I'm coveting it and not owning it. But uh, <laughs> that's three iPhones. I know. That's three iPhones. That's a three iPhone package with no iWatch or yeah, Apple Watch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're they're beautifully made. They're American made as far as I can tell. And um, uh, I'm probably gonna, I'm not gonna be able to go to the photo expo this year, but I might send someone in my stead because last year they uh, they had a uh, like a not an auction but a, a raffle uh, yeah. for one. So well, <laughs> you know what? Go. I will be there and I will put it right. in the hat. <laughs> and if I win it, I will be good. sure to brag about it to you. <laughs> okay, good, <laughs> perfect, cool, awesome. Thanks, Jeffrey. Okay. I appreciate sure. those those picks. All right, and my pick of the week is, you guessed it, the new This Week in Photo. Go to thisweekinphoto.com. I'm sorry, if you can't Absolutely. tell, I'm insanely excited. It's been a lot of work doing the site and revamping it and sort of changing the direction of the ship. 
and now it's out and people are enjoying it. I've got, to all the people that have commented to me today on the various social networks, thank you. Everyone seems to be very much enjoying the site. And there's a new commerce, so there's a store in there, there's events and workshops that we're going to be doing, as well as um, a membership component. So you can become a member and get access to all kinds of cool stuff within TWIP. And I want to hold this up and acknowledge something. So Patrick Ledger, look at this framed thing right here. You can't see his name on there because of the light. But this is the first, the very first order, the very first member of the brand new This Week in Photo paid membership receipt right there. Cool. And it's framed, it's going on my wall. So Pat, Pat Ledger, Patrick Ledger, out of uh, your neck of the woods, he's in Ottawa. You know, he's in Ontario. So uh, he made the order right after we launched, and I thanked him on email and printed it and framed it. So exciting times for this week in photo, guys. So yeah, that's a digital equivalent of the dollar tacked to the wall. That's, that's right. exactly what it is. <laughs> that's exactly. Only this one is a digital equivalent equivalent of ninety nine dollars. So this was Ooh, a year right. <laughs> a year long membership right there. Look at that. Right. So yeah, so the Twip membership. There's a twelve ninety five a month plan. There's a twenty nine ninety five plan and a $99 plan in there. So, and what do they get for their money, Frederick? Well, hmm. if you go to thisweekinphoto.com, you will find out. Thisweekinphoto.com slash join. So in a nutshell, they get access to free courses, a ton of free courses in there. We'll be doing free or not member-only monthly uh, masterminds just for our members in there. We've got a ton of partners that we'll be rolling out discounts from, including, and these are member-only, like deep, Frederick negotiated discounts <laughs> with these guys. So 500px is going to be giving us member-only memberships. Um, Peach Pit Press will be giving us member-only books. We've got uh, Sticky Albums. Nate Greyhack's firm over there will be giving out free mem or, or discounted memberships to that site. So all kinds of stuff. So essentially the $12.95 is free. It just pays for itself once you get it. Plus you get access to all this other stuff that we have in there in terms of um, free courses and PDFs that will be showing up and all this, it'll be a bucket of stuff that you get that uh, we we now have a mechanism to give to our users. Before we didn't really have a mechanism to do this, we just had website, kind of blog. Now we have this thing, this sort of machine that we can use to distribute all this awesome content to people. And all I have to do is become a member and you don't even have to become a member. That's the cool thing about it. So we architected it so Members get discounts on everything. So even even products that show up in the store or our workshops, everything is instantly discounted in the store for members. But if you don't want to become a member and there's a course in the store that you want to purchase, you can purchase it just as a regular old person. You don't have to become a member. But the minute you become a member, even if you put a membership in your cart with the digital other digital product in there, the prices change. They go down to the membership price. So cool stuff. I'm excited. Right. If you can't That's tell, good. I'm excited. <laughs> so. So, once again, thanks, Patrick Ledger, for being our first annual member. I appreciate that. Brent Brisnicki was our first um, quarterly member, I believe. So, the membership is growing already, and this is just day one of TWIP. So, I'm very, very excited. So, <laughs> definitely check it out. So, I'll be making some announcements throughout this week. This episode of TWIP goes live Friday. Um, so, by then, hopefully, there'll be much, many, many, many more members in there. Um, but throughout this week, I'll be making announcements of the different partners that have signed on to uh, join the TWIP family. So TWIP family grows by leaps and bounds in terms of the free content that goes in there for members, and we'll be adding shows at a clip of about one a month for the next several months. So ultimately, we'll end up with a portfolio of about 10 or 12 distinct photography shows in addition to this one, This Week in Photo. So exciting. Really so, great. That sounds good. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's a big deal. Thank you for that lead-in. I appreciate that, darling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're like, geez, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> That's just how I roll. That's just how I roll, Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys, we're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. I want to thank our sponsors for the show, and that's our friends at squarespace.com and lynda.com. Without them, there would be no TWIP. They've been helping us up to this point and beyond to keep the show going. So a from the bottom of my heart, thank you to both Squarespace and Linda for their continued support of This Week in Photo. Darlene Hildebrandt, where can people go to uh, catch up with you, sign up for your workshop, buy that course, or whatever? They can find me at digitalphotomentor.com or I'm on Twitter at dpmentor. 
or on Google Plus. Awesome. All right. You're everywhere. You are everywhere. That's good. And thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you here. I have to say, this is the first show we've ever actually gotten to the user question. So I'm, I'm totally <laughs> impressed. And I'm regretting that. <laughs> I have to switch that around. So. All right. Well, cool. And Jeffrey, what about you? Where can people go to keep up with your antics and maybe join in on that Palm Springs? Not is it Palm Springs? Palm, Palm Beach, Florida. Uh -huh. Palm Beach. Palm Beach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best place to find me is on my website, jeffreytotero.com, or I'm on Twitter as well at, at jeffreytotero. And uh, the uh, anyone interested in the workshop, you can find that at workshop.org, and uh, just look under the schedule and look into February, and you'll see it there. Excellent. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. And, folks, if you want to, uh, again, check out the new This Week in Photo, just head over to thisweekinphoto.com. If you want to check out the gear show that we have, All About the Gear with Doug K., you can find that at thisweekinphoto.com slash gear. Or the interviews that I do, those have now been broken out into their own separate show. So they're no longer part or they'll no longer be inserted into the TWIP show, either at the end or in the middle, like we've been doing in years past. The interviews are now their own separate feed, their own separate show, and their own separate area on This Week in Photo. And you can access that at thisweekinphoto.com slash interviews. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar.